Hey everybody! And welcome to our newest project for first responder wellness, No One Fights Alone. An in-depth conversation about mental health and addiction in the first responder space. We're joined by your hosts Austin Pedersen and Brad Shepard. Welcome back to the No One Fights Alone podcast, where we honor the men and women of our nation's first responder communities by having difficult conversations about the challenges they face every day. Thank you, Brad. Um, you know, as always, uh, very happy to be here today. Uh, you know, this is going to be an episode where we kind of launch something a little bit different, which Brad and I have been discussing uh doing for the last little bit but you know realistically you know we want to set this up in a way that uh can can be a little bit easier for people to kind of track and follow and so you know each each week we are going to split up our episodes to where brad and i get to discuss topics we're gonna we're gonna bring in a new segment which i'm super excited about uh and then every other week we'll also have a speaker so uh you know, these episodes where it's just Brad and I, what, what the goal is, is going to be maybe to educate or bring in some personal experience or, or talk about what, uh, you know, challenges people are facing and, and, you know, just discuss them and then, uh, do a cool segment, Brad, which, which I'm excited for. Talk about the little segment you came up with. No, I think, I think, uh, I, I, I'm excited about just actually doing some positive conversations. You know, I, I, I'm excited to actually do a heroes of the week. Uh, there's some great news articles out there about people doing great things in our communities. Um, firefighters that uh, step up to the plate and do wonderful, amazing things. Paramedic who are saving people's lives off duty and uh, cops who are doing great things out there. You know, we get such a bad rap um, within our first responder community, Bureau of Law Enforcement Corrections. You know, it's something, you know, what always hits the news is the bad stuff that, 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 you know, the, shit that makes you not want to walk down the aisle at Walmart or uh, Target because, you know, something crazy happened in the news. And I'm excited that we can bring something really positive. And it doesn't take very long to, to find something. If you look a little bit, look in the news and, and find some of these uh, hero people out there that are just doing amazing things. And I got one for you today. I'm going to, I'm excited to share. Uh, I'll, I'll tee that up a little bit because it's, uh, it's kind of a cool little story. So yeah. that's, and we're going to do it at the end, uh, right? Austin, we're going to do that towards the end of the, end of yeah, the podcast. Absolutely. Leave, leave it on a high note, leave it on, um, you know, some type of inspirational story, but I, I want to talk about like how, just how negative the news really is towards e everything. It's first responders. It's, I mean, you, you look at everything that's going on in this world and there's just a huge amount of negativity. And I think that cycles into people's psyches, you know, like they, they are, Depression numbers are way up. Suicidal ideation is way up. And I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but a part of that has to do with the negativity that they surround themselves with, you know, both in the workplace and at home and in the news. I mean, it's crazy. Oh, I feel the same way. The, uh, you know, the, the, they have a job to do, you know, without getting political or taking a, you know, taking a, you know, a hard line political or, or some other kind of, negative stance against the news. I mean, they have a job to do. They, they're, they're bringing things to light to the public that needs to be brought. Um, we can actually sit and debate <laughs> what the, what the implications of those are, but, you know, generically speaking, the news is negative based. 
there tends to be a, um, a a bias towards trusted um, members of our profession, whether you're a firefighter or corrections or a law enforcement. Uh, you know, there's a there's a trust factor there involved, so that highlights the news. If we do something um, egregious or erroneous, um, man, they just splatter that everywhere. You know, you don't see that so much in other professions. You do a little bit in, in you know some trusted professions, the clergy community or the medical community. Uh, you might see that, but um, you know, I'm biased myself. So when I see those kind of stories, it it you know infuriates and inflames my my temperament and. But generically speaking, I could not, uh, I can't disagree with you there. Just watching the news itself, uh, I can't do it. I don't, I don't watch the news. I turn the news on in the morning to catch the highlights that, you know, thematically certain things. I may hit the news on my, uh, the app on my phone. But I, as a general theme overall, especially at night, it has such a negative impact on my mental health. I absolutely will not watch the news uh, in the evenings or at nighttime. Um, Well, there's two ways. I mean, think about this. So they actually came out with a study and this was somewhere mid pandemic, right? When, when it was really like all COVID news, all, you know, negativity on law enforcement, what was going on there. And they did this study and I can't remember what news channel it was, but it was a local news channel of some state and they basically, for, for multiple days, what they did was they did segments on positivity, great stories, you know, uh, someone surviving some type of horrible accident or cancer or coming back, what it, whatever it was, right? And then they also did the segments on what everyone else was doing. What do you think the results were for the engagement of people watching? Which one do well, you think? Well, the results had to be that they were, were in a negative place oh yeah uh the viewership was up like 72 percent i think was the number that of the negative segments versus the positive segments so that just shows where where people are at right like that's that's a society thing that's that's what people even if they say they don't want to say it or see it they do right like it's it's conversational piece it's it's whatever like it's it just shows where people are at. I'm sitting here looking at a, at a, uh, this is on the, uh, American psychological association's website. It says, uh, adults from a 2021 study rated the frequency of the news consumption reported feeling anxious, overwhelmed and afraid. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh dude. If you, if you watch, uh, what's going on in Europe right now with Russia and all that stuff, like in the, the nuclear threat, I mean, you can't help but get a- right. afraid. Like you just cannot help it. You, you as a human are, are nervous of, of war of, you know, world war three and whatever it may be like that's, and I catch myself, I listen to this one podcast on the war in Ukraine quite a bit. And, and I've noticed lately that like a, a month or so ago, it was a little bit uplifting because they were, Ukraine was whooping their ass, you know? And it was like somewhat uplifting. Right. And then now they've gone into a little bit more about what's going on politically in the background and World War Three and all, and I'm like, I can't listen to this podcast anymore. We have a we have an entire generation now uh, that's coming into the workforce that's never known anything other than us being at war. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, on a, also- on a brighter note, you know, we t- we were talking about making sure that we uh, bring positivity. Um, right. I listened to Bobby Bones in the morning. You know that that radio show. 
he's quirky, but he is hilarious. Uh, he is adamant about bringing positivity to uh, listeners, and he's always got feel-good stories, uh, do-good stories, highlighting things that are that are positive in nature and and you know that's a morning show so it's a great way to start off the morning and uh i think that you know i i'm obviously listening to podcasts and there's there's certain podcasts that are great for just they end well and and of course that's thematically what we're trying to do with our hero of the week you know we want to there are good things happening out there despite what you see in the news and to your to your point the news is i had a loved one during covid uh, that would call frequently family member and was submitting a, a report to me of sorts. That wasn't what she called it, but it was a report of sorts of how many people were dead because of COVID. You could hear the anxiety in her voice. You could hear the stress uh, inflections in her voice from just watching the news. And I said, you just please turn the news off. You know, yeah. turn it. Don't, don't watch the news. You know, this is happening. Uh, it's creating anxiety in you and, you know, to your point, that's, that's a, that's a hard line to stay informed and stay positive. Well, and here, this could be the, our perfect segue into our, uh, what we want to talk about today, because I mean, some people may need to start using this modality after they watch the news. Oh, I love the topic you picked today, Austin. I, I, I. I don't know the how of it, but I do know uh, the impact of it. Yeah, absolutely. And and so what that topic is, is it's a trauma modality um, used uh, a, a ton with first responders. It's kind of, there's kind of about three main modalities that people use. And EMDR is the big one, right? Because it's, it's, we've talked about it on the podcast before. It's, it's, you know, there's also a political side to that, like how that modality was marketed and everything like that, that allows it to grow the way that it has. Uh, and then you have uh, brain spotting, which is what we're going to talk about today. Um, you and I both have personal experience with brain spotting and have seen some, some cool results out of that. And there's also something called accelerated resolution therapy. Accelerated resolution therapy is a little bit newer. Um, it's growing. Uh, there's, there's not a ton of therapists that are trained in that, but uh, it's, it's starting to grow equally. Um, as as you know brain spotting and emdr uh but i, I want to go into brain spotting give a little bit of of history what what it's trying to accomplish right uh and so you know first off dr david grand shout out to him uh created brain spotting in 2003 okay and brain spotting is a powerful focused treatment method that works by identifying processing and releasing core neuropsychological sources of emotional or body pain, trauma, dissociation, and a variety of other challenging symptoms. Brain spotting is a simultaneous form of diagnosis and treatment enhanced with bilateral sound, which is deep, direct, and powerful, yet focused and containing. It's theorized that brain spotting taps into and harnesses the body's innate self-scanning capacity to process and release focused areas, which are, or symptoms, right? which are in a maladaptive homeostasis frozen basically in your brain. Right. And that's, that's trauma, right? When you're, you're thinking of things, it's, it's imprinted and frozen in your brain. Uh, and so brain spotting is uh, used to reduce and eliminate body pain, tension associated with physical thoughts. Right. And so did that was a, a large definition, but from what you've experienced, did that definition 
define any of what you've you've done with him. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And I'd be more than happy to share. I don't uh, as you're explaining this, uh, you know, the 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 simple terms of 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 brain spotting as it was explained to me, which is Tangi, one of our uh, Chateau staff, amazing Chateau staff members, uh, as it explained to me, it's 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 uh, a process of releasing that trauma through a positional eye work of the eyes. Uh, that's the yeah. simple definition for me. You know, that was yeah. the dumbed down version. Um, but I had like it's it's working through the brain, right? Yeah, that's of course that that of course. is is something because like I, I it's, it's been explained to me that trauma basically what it does is it creates a valley inside of your brain, right? And this is a dumbed down definition. Uh, I'm I'm not the smartest guy, so they had to explain it to me in a way that I could understand. But I'm with you. It, trauma it creates a valley in your brain and when that traumatic experience happens it's it's stuck down in this valley and it can't go up either hill because it's just frozen in time and so brain spotting is used uh to help release and have that valley grow back right and so that it can release and so um both of us have done it right and um I mean, do you want to go in a little bit about how that started and what, what you were trying to work through? You don't have to give exact, exact. Yeah, I, uh, I, I actually, uh, I actually did brain spotting while I was at Chateau, uh, with Tangi. Uh, that was my first, uh, introduction to it. And I did, tw I did it twice up there. Uh, that was all I really, uh, had, had, had time for, but it, that was, man, the impact both times was absolutely enormous. Um, and it's the, you know, the positioning of the eyes, uh, and I don't know if you're going to describe it. I don't want to steal your thunder here, but she uses a wand. Yep. Uh, and no, says, that's, focus what, that's on, what most people use. That's the industry standard is a wand. Uh, the focus on the tip of the wand, the, the, she, there was a little knob on the end of it. She's focus on the, focus on the end of the wand, uh, and just starts in the center and slowly moves outward, um, up or down, uh, in, in. I'm sure some type of trained technique fashion. I have no idea what that is. Um, but it was at a certain point that she arrived to, um, I could actually feel in my body this incredible tension. Um, and, and it, and it flooded out in several ways, but as most people see it, it was through, you know, tears you know water leaking out of my eyes um but it was more than that there was more going on with my body in in conjunction with that which i just found incredibly fascinating uh, because it was just that simple eye you know moving outward because we know with emdr it's the back and forth motion mm -hmm. of eye movement and it's bilateral stimulation. Um, uh, and as the dumbed down version of that is, is, you know, moving trauma from your amygdala to your frontal cortex. But this was obviously something, you know, scientifically or physiologically different, psychologically different, neuro different, whatever it is, I'm not an expert in it. I, I just know it worked. And this release of, of trauma, um, is associated with where I was looking and, you know, obviously Tangie's saying, you know, where you look impacts how you feel. 
which is these these crazy, you know, gut wrenching, heart wrenching stories that have impacted my life. Um, and just through that simple brain spotting process, the first time was really negative. The second time was enormously positive. It was uh, unbelievably positive. Uh, I had, uh, it'll may, it may sound weird. I don't often talk about it because it just sounds so kooky and weird, but I'll, I'll share because it, it, it was impactful enough to me that it, it changed the way I thought about myself. And I have a, uh, absolutely amazing father, 85 years old, still living. Um, he's a, one of the, one of, if not the best, in my opinion, men on the planet. And his, uh, his voice, he actually came in and talked to me in that brain spotting session. And he had a one way conversation with me about forgiveness and grace and love and it it was absolutely there there it's hard to put words to that the impact that it had on me but i can tell you i walked out of there with a lot of uh self love and self forgiveness and self grace that's that's wild all right so then that's got to jump in directly to my experience with it too as well so you can see it on the screen but back there you see that that wine bottle sitting back there mm-hmm. uh, yep, so sure. that's actually uh a, the image on the wine bottle is actually my brother's face, right? He uh, owned a winery and, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So obviously that's a huge thing, right? But in 2015, he passed away um, giving my sister a kidney. And so uh, I was not doing well at that point uh, or 2000. Yeah. 2015. Uh, and um, it was a little bit of a traumatic experience. Right. And uh totally unexpected hospital made uh, an error which led to his death um but uh my experience in brain spotting as well was that exact thing one way conversation from him about forgiveness about what like and and I did brain I mean this was 5 years after that we that I did the brain spotting session Um, and I thought I had done a ton of work on it. Like I thought I was over it. I thought, you know, um, I didn't need to, to focus on it, but you know, stuff comes up. Right. And, um, it was near the, uh, year anniversary, uh, every November. And I always just struggle naturally during that time. But that's, that same exact conversation was a one-way conversation about almost the exact same thing. And, and this is, it's, it's what drives it crazy is so tangy. And whoever does the brain spotting, like listen, that 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 actually is pretty incredible. And I'll just say this for the listeners: you and I haven't had this conversation. Oh no, yeah, we haven't no. talked about this. I, this no. is the first time I've heard you say that, and likely it's the first time you've heard me say it because I don't I don't talk about that. Oh, I don't talk about it either. Yeah, I I think that like rediscovery and healing is a very personal thing, um, and you know, willing to share it on on a, in a platform like this because. Uh, one, I'm not looking directly at anyone other than you to have this conversation. Sure. So there's there's not the same like fear uh, that encapsulates me normally talking about that. Yeah. Um, but also when you when that triggered, I mean that just threw threw me for a loop there. That it was a very <laughs> similar experience. And and I mean the reason we started this episode was because both of us have done brain spotting though too. Yeah. Like, sure. That was that was 
well, like this is a good topic to have and, and we can discuss it kind of in, in depth because we've, we've had it, but I mean, and it's not, it's not necessarily new, but it's not talked about out there very much. And I did some research here in Oklahoma uh, and there's only two brain spotters here uh, in Oklahoma. Uh, there's, there's not very many people trained in it. It's not as widely used modality as uh, what EMDR has become, but you know, I, I don't, I'm not an expert, obviously, but I, I, they're two, it's, it's like, it's like talking about two different cars. You know, you're, you're, what do you want out of it? It's either a car and a pickup. EMDRs, this and brain spot. They're not, they're not, maybe they're the same, you know, neuro wise or phys, you know, physically, but those, those were two entirely separate, different experiences for me. I've done them both. Yeah. No, same. I have two. And, and I think, I mean, this is what, heard and i could be completely wrong this is just from a few hundred people that i've had this conversation with um you know after they leave some sort of treatment it's like all right which one did you like the emdr or the brain spot and it seems like if they tried both it's either one or the other like one just didn't work and the other one was an eye-opening you know snap of the fingers holy shit this just happened I mean, was that you or did you get it? Did you get some out of EMDR as well? I actually would say both were very effective for me, but they were entirely different. Yeah. They were just, they were just, I don't know how to best put words to that. They were just, you know, I, I tried to use the car and pickup. That's not a very good analogy. It would be, you know, it would be uh, snow skiing or going to the beach. You know, both are awesome to me, but they're entirely different. The EMDR uh, sessions that I've had multiple actually EMDR sessions, the EMDR sessions that I did were, um, absolutely amazing for me, helpful, wild. The first session I did of EMDR was absolutely the wildest session. Crazy. And maybe we can sit and talk about that sometime, but the brain spotting session was so, uh, incredibly different. Um, and not a word was said. In fact, I, I, I pulled back from it, and apparently that's a common phenomenon. Um, I, I kind of shuddered and closed my eyes because I was like, what is happening? And she, she encouraged, she said, don't, don't, don't run from it. Stay, stay in there. You know, and I don't know the actual words she used at the time, but it was an encouragement of hang in there, keep going. And yeah. I stuck with it. I mean, it was like you could feel this, you know, this bubble rising. and you know, as first responders and this tough men and women out here, we don't, you're not, you, you push that down, you express that, you don't let that up. So that's your natural tendency as a human being in any way to, to keep that suppressed and, you know, her encouragement to let it go. And it was just an absolutely, you know, almost a, a volcanic eruption of, of that trauma uh, coming out the, that was the first one. The second one wasn't quite as the second brain spotting session wasn't quite as dramatic as that, but it was no less impactful because of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's the crazy thing is that like the body, like according to studies uh, on brain spotting, the body naturally has an unconscious eye position. So that's what she reached with you with that wand was your, your body's unconscious eye position that allows emotional activation, right? And it's 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 in the emotional midbrain is where this is happening. And so, you know, she's obviously trained in a way that she she's watching you 
to see that emotional activation, right? And so what she's telling you and I, and what I'm sure all therapists have to say, you know, she saw you reach that point uh, where there was some neuroplastic change going on and had to keep you from running from it because it's, it's so intense. Like it is an intense feeling <laughs> that is, is different than your normal, like I wouldn't, it's not anxiety. It's not hypervigilance. It's not like, it's nothing like you've experienced or I have experienced. before. I, I completely agree. And to it, it, just for the listeners out there to put context to the, to the wand, uh, those, those were actually opposite. I don't know if this happens for everyone, but they were opposite directions of, you know, one was, and I, I don't remember now, Austin, which was which, but one went, let's just say to my left, one went to my left and the other one went to my, you know, high right. And the other one was low, something along those lines, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't remember exactly, but I remember they were different places, different spaces and completely different results because of it. Um, you know, obviously Angie being the expert in it, she could probably explain it better. I can just explain from the recipient and sitting in that chair. That shit's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just something to add to your toolbox of things that can help you heal and grow. Right. Like, that's and and hopefully someone listening what this allows them to do is just be even open to doing it right because yeah i agree not- I'm, I'm really glad you brought it up because i think um you know have, and, and i chuckle at that you and i having a conversation that we had very 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 similar experiences and having never talked about that we didn't stage this conversation at all uh and to listeners out there if this helps you at all uh, embrace something that's really weird. And, um, I've told many people, if you have access to brain spotting, go do it. Uh, it it's just absolutely tremendously effective tool for me. I can only talk about my personal experience with it. And my personal experience is it was enormously impactful to the positive to my life. Well, and you also, though, uh, this is unfortunate with anything we do in life, but you have to go into it with an open mind. Like if you're closed off to something like this working, it's not going to work for you, right? Like that's that's the bottom line. Could not disagree at all with that because you, it really that's that's with anything in life, but specifically with um these modalities, it doesn't matter if it's brain spot EMDR you know, talk therapy, if you're going in there resistant to it, you're not going to get better. It, it, yeah. That's just the reality of it. And the, the, the other reality is, you know, I just had a conversation with a guy uh, about a week ago. He came out of therapy, his first therapy session. He said, it didn't, that didn't work. <laughs> you, don't even, you don't even know that was your first, all that you're just getting to know that guy. Uh, and, uh, no, and that, that I think exemplifies what you're, talking about here is which is if i don't want it to work it's not gonna work um but if i go in with it open-minded you know at least thinking you know i'm gonna throw myself on the altar of brain spotting or emdr or you know talk therapy whatever you're giving yourself a great opportunity to live a life of health and peace freedom I, i think that that word is not uh 
not too reward. yeah it's not too excessive for this i mean i I have to ask you, were you after, because they're not like extremely long. I mean, was yours an hour long, less? Oh, I don't, I don't think it was even that long. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 and the second one was, was I think shorter than the first. The short, I think that if I remember right, the second, I don't know. You know, that, that that's another crazy thing. It, that, that thing was so impactful that time just kind of gets away from you. You don't realize um, what's going on in there. And part of that is just surrendering to to the process and you know before you know it you've you've eaten up a series of time that you don't you don't know where it went and i think that's part of the the beauty of of surrendering to it uh which is you know just saying hey get you know so many cops and firefighters and paramedics and these you know trauma these heroes out here they just want fixed you know fix me put put me back in the game you know, hit hit the magic button, hit the reset button, do whatever you need to do, but I got to go back to work. Yeah. And oftentimes we don't slow down enough to just sit and say, okay, let's, let's really figure out what's going on here. Let's really take an opportunity to um, do some work. There's no magic button. There's not one. You know, yeah. if, if, if somebody had a magic button, Austin out there, they'd already been advertising it. There's not a magic button. Um, if you've spent 10, 15 years in this culture doing work, you've built up some stuff that's going to take a while to, to, to work on undoing. If you've spent 20, 30, 35 years here, it's going to take a hot minute of work yeah. to unpack a lot of what you put in there. Well, cause it's not a job anymore. Like it's a lifestyle, right? Like that's, Absolutely. Like, I have heard that from so many people. Um, they can attest to the fact that it it is just, it's not like any other career because it becomes a part of your life. And there, I don't think there's, you know, there's definitely like the overworking and things like that, that can be negative, but I don't see that as a terrible thing, right? Like you, you got to be extremely impactful on somebody's life, you know, multiple times in, mm-hmm. in this career. That you don't get really the opportunity to do in anything else. So that's the overinvesting part. You know, where's the balance? Where's the line? They, you know, when are you? When are you technically off? You know, you're 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 as a as a hero. You're never really off. You're always you're always watching. You're always looking. You know, the um, I was filtering through a lot of the hero stories this week, and you know, two of the stories that I had considered pulling up here were. Uh, off-duty paramedic, off-duty firefighter that saved a life. And, you know, thank that person that had their life saved is thankful. Uh, the the harsh reality is that's the life we live, is this is who we are, it's what we do, it's a part of us, ingrained in us. And so the separation, you know, what separation? I don't remember seeing a line anywhere. Yeah, yeah, which is the perfect lead into uh, your new segment. Uh, go into, we're going to do this every other week. Um, you know, talk about something that is uplifting or some or a beautiful story or, or whatever it is. And uh, I can tell by your grin that this is, this is one you like. I do like this one, you know, and this one, this one kind of jumped out at me because of, of a couple of things. Once it's a, um, uh, firefighter paramedic but uh he's in Terre Haute, indiana oh, been there. And, 
right? We were just there. That was one of the reasons that this jumped out. And, you know, Terre Haute is not a big place. Uh, it, I had never been there. Uh, you and I were up there at a conference uh, for the Wind of Blue conference back last October and got to meet a lot of the locals. It's such a absolutely down-home, uh, small-town feel. You know, home of uh, Indiana State University, Larry Bird uh, made known there. And we got to meet a lot of the local firemen and, and mostly law enforcement. Most a lot of, met a lot of the, the cops up there. But this story, and let me just read the headlines for the hero of the week, is off-duty Indiana firefighter paramedic uh, jumps in to help after New Orleans shooting. So this Terre Haute, a uh, firefighter paramedic, his name's uh, Justin Tallman. He was actually in New Orleans vacationing. He'd gone down there to uh, hang out and uh, take a little time off. And no, I don't, I don't think so. Is and I, I don't even know. Is Mardi Gras going on right now? I, I'm, I don't think so. Anyway, they were down there to party. They had a little parade going on, uh, and. Let me just read you the little bit of the uh, the news blurb. It says, uh, Tallman was in New Orleans after uh, uh, staying at a hotel, uh, set up along a, a parade route, enjoying the festivities when gunshots ring out. Everybody's nightmare, right, Austin? Yeah. Streets were packed, hundreds and hundreds of people. Uh, I didn't see anything. I heard loud pops. I was uh, feeling like they were gunshots. This is a, a quote from Tallman on uh, Tuesday evening after he was interviewed by a local uh, news station there at uh, Terre Haute that everybody was scattering and folks were running. Uh, he, he took off running to help and he said, I probably didn't make it 20 yards and saw a 22 year old woman who'd been shot and was on the ground, uh, gun sh- gunshot to her leg. The fire chief, uh, Bill Barry was speaking about Tom and said he was a modest fellow and uh, was downplaying his involvement. However, the, the uh, placement of the tourniquet, and putting the tourniquet on probably saved her leg, if not her life. Uh, the shooting, you might uh, recognize, actually received national attention where it resulted in a dead teenager, four other people with injures, injuries, including the four-year-old girl. Uh, all four people were released from local hospital. Uh, police arrested a 21-year-old and recovered two weapons in the scene. But Tallman, uh, who had actually just joined the department in May of 21, uh, it says, uh, I was just doing what firefighters do. Somebody needed help, and I was there to, to do what I do. The chief actually went on to talk about, Chief Barry went on to talk about, this is a selfless act uh, to uphold his duty and honor within his profession, and he deserves recognition, and I could not agree more, Austin. I think this is just one of those great stories of people who are walking down the street, heroes, and next thing you know, when things go bad, uh, the, the masses run away and the heroes run towards the um, whatever difficulties may be laying in to save and rescue. There's been so many of those like goosebump pictures, right? Of, of everyone running away and the firefighter and police running in. So there's the, the stark contrast of the two different populations in dealing with something like this. I mean, that, I mean, it gives me goosebumps right there. Cause, and especially I thought it was interesting when you just said he just joined the department in in 21, right? Like, so this is. One of the aspects that I didn't mention was, was uh, that I, that I left off. I probably should have included it. He, while he was there, he actually met a paramedic from Maryland, you know, 
uh, like finds like that's the way and anyway met a guy down there uh that he he got to know and he was a maryland paramedic and they actually joined together to do this we're just highlighting tallman but uh, you know there's another paramedic out of maryland down there doing the same thing hanging out partying in, in new orleans and and those two knuckleheads are going in and saving lives mm. just absolutely great stories yeah and I mean, that's, it just blows my mind, right? Like that, that's just in his blood now. You know what I mean? From, I mean, it could have been from growing up, right? Or maybe as a family member or something, but to be in the department for a year and have that reaction, like. Sure. Some people are born and bred for the job and some people aren't, right? You've experienced that definitely in your, you know, 30 years. Or sure. Whatever. Some, you know, some, some people are, uh, some people are, have a, you know, just a natural proclivity to, to do the work. Uh, you know, some people are, some people are really good at it. Some people are great at it, uh, depending on their, you know, their chosen profession, whether they're a ER nurse or a flight nurse, you know, those flight nurses, there's amazing humans. There, there's just so many great humans out there. I'm excited about this segment, Austin. I really, I really love the fact that this, this, uh, this segment, we're going to be doing this segment a lot because they're, I just, I love talking about people doing great things. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I, it's those stories that we haven't had enough of in, in the last couple of years, jumping back to what we talked about at the beginning. Like it is one of those things where these, these people deserve recognitions for being heroes. And on this, you know, tiny little podunk podcast, I mean, I, I hope somehow this guy hears about it, that, that somebody gives a shit right that and and i hope every week when we do this that this that gets back to that person somehow and somewhat because it's a small community right you know that um and they get the some of the recognition that they deserve well actually i i don't know if it'll get back to him but i you know i made some friends up in in Terre Haute, and i uh text one of them i said did you realize Terre Haute made national news uh and and they said they had heard about the event happening they didn't realize that it was being highlighted uh on national news so you know maybe it's going to reach him and and you know the the recognition of you know the the life-saving efforts that he gave that young lady uh could be recognized duly but i think it's it should also be said that this is one of thousands that happen all the time yep. we have so many great first responders out there doing the work every day. And that to them, it's just another day. This is what I was trained to do. Uh, but you know, when you get older and wiser, you, you really find out, uh, eh, those are, those are not as uh, heavily populated as what one would believe. There's, there's, uh, the heroes are thinner than what you'd realize, but our first responder community is full of them. Yeah. Full of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause they're like no one else. Right. Once again, going back to the image of the difference between the, you know, civilian population like myself running away from danger and first responders running it. I mean, that's that's a so huge cool. Diff- yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Brad. That's uh, like I said, we don't want to make that uh, a biweekly thing, I guess, would be the appropriate way to yeah. go about that. We, we still will be bringing on guests uh, every other week. Um, next week's is going to be an awesome guest. Um, you know, we got to, to meet Shelly, right, from uh, mm-hmm. Survivors of Blue Suicide. Um, great, great stuff what they're doing there. 
super interesting on on you know what uh, what is going on in the legislative standpoint with uh, you know her organization and what they're doing. So I'm excited to release that um, after, and uh, hopefully some people hear what they need to hear uh, in that one as well. Can't wait for that one to come out. That was uh, that's a great interview. Uh, talk about a variety of things, uh, both from a, a national legislative level all the way down to the in the weeds. If you if you um, need help with uh, discussing or talking about suicide or has had it happen to you, that there's some answers on that podcast is really really going to be great. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Brad. Um, if you guys get the opportunity, this is the first time we're going to do it on here as well. I want to make this a a normal thing. Uh, We are on every uh, major platform for podcasting. Um, Give us a like, give us a follow, uh, help and see this thing grow uh, so we can keep, uh, you know, bringing some awesome guests on. Uh, Tim was great last week as well. Um, God, I've listened to that one. I mean, obviously I did the edits too a little bit, but I've I've listened to... uh, um, Tim's multiple times. I just, he's such a good, such a great, such a yeah. great conversation. Yeah. And like, I just, yeah. And so give that one a shout if you can, um, you know, check us out on Facebook, uh, check us out on Instagram. Uh, we do officially have a website as well. Uh, oh, I love it. Yep. Yep. Uh, look at us getting big. Yeah. Right. Too big for our own britches, I guess. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's, uh, nofapodcast.com n-o-f-a podcast.com uh it's the same kind of thing a little bio about me and brad but also it just is is more access to uh more episodes uh if you're listening and you want to join in as a guest uh you know give us an email um either ben or brad at chateau recovery.com or austin at chateau recovery.com uh we're always happy uh to to bring someone on uh, but uh, thank you all for listening. Brad, you got anything to, to end on? No, I'm just excited to uh, to know that we have a, a website I'm, uh, that you can find us on, find us on the website, social media, uh, and, and a additional plug of, you know, if you're, if you find yourself not in a good place and this, some of the stuff we're talking about resonates with you, uh, drop us an email as well. Love to talk to you. Uh, we didn't, we're, that's the sole intent purpose of, of getting this information out here is to help somebody um, get to a better place within their personal life, their career, their relationships, all facets of their, uh, of their being. Absolutely. Resources, right? Resources is the main thing. Give options to people, let them know there is help available. So thank you all. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this segment of no one fights alone. No One Fights Alone is sponsored. Chateau Recovery is a 16-bed treatment facility nestled in the foothills of the Wasatch Mountains in Midway, Utah. Chateau's First Responder Resiliency Program is designed to treat the unique challenges and issues that first responders encounter in the course of their careers. Chateau's comprehensive and highly individualized approach to treatment addresses more than just the presenting issues. It addresses the why. Each of their seasoned, trauma-trained, and culturally competent therapists utilize evidence-based, specialized therapies to treat trauma at its core and enable clients to begin the healing process while developing a resilient and healthy relationship with stress. Chateau Recovery is trusted by departments and agencies from around the country to treat responders and veterans. 
In fact, it is one of only a handful of facilities nationwide that is vetted and approved to treat members of the Fraternal Order of Police. For more information, or to speak to a representative, go to ChateauRecovery.com or call 888-507-5031. No One Fights Alone is also sponsored by First Responder Trauma Counselors. First Responder Trauma Counselors are subject matter experts in proactive behavioral health care for frontline workers through their National Peer Support Academy. This 40-hour all-badges, all-uniforms, and all-scrubs educational experience helps to create caring, honest, and empathetic peer support relationships with your fellow frontline workers. The FRTC National Peer Support Academy is taught by actual first responders who have gone back to school to become culturally competent, licensed behavioral health clinicians that teach from lived experiences, not just theories from books. This fast-paced immersive educational academy will not just change your life, it will help you save the lives of others. For additional details, visit 991overwatch.org or call 970-222-4193. This could be the most life-changing academy you'll ever attend.